Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey, 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 friends! Welcome to episode of twenty of Who's Becca Stan on a beautiful spring Saturday morning here in the heart of Central Asia in Uzbekistan, Tashkent, Darhan neighborhood on, ooh, what is the name of my road? Akasa? Aksaka? Aha. Anyway, I think, that's, I think that's the name of the side street outside of my little obscure location here. So, anyway, rolling along. What am I excited about? What am I puzzled by? And how long do I plan to stay? Okay, what am I excited about? So, you know, we're rolling through the last few weeks of classes. I had thought I only had three more weeks of classes. Much to my disappointment, there are four more weeks of classes because the schedule was delayed by a week for spring break, which I just thought that was rolled in. I didn't realize it pushed everything back a week. But making the best of it. So... You know, in an effort to bring this chapter to a close peacefully, I've been really trying to stay on motto. And the motto is, it's not worth it. And, you know, for me to try to keep hounding students and pushing them and push them and come on, let's give it a try. Okay, eyes up here, eyes up here, eyes up here. Okay, can we put devices down for just, just five minutes so I can give directions, you know, to keep... You know, just to keep after them to do anything. Um, you know, I'm trying to stay on my toe. It's not worth it. Like, I'm not going to change them. And it just puts me in hostile relations with them to, you know, to, to keep on them to, to be worth a flipping class. And so it's, it's, not, it's not worth my time and energy. It's just not because they're not going to change. And so, as I have really been on this, it's not worth it motto, you know, it has helped me have some better relations with them. And that if I'm not sitting there harassing them, you know, they really don't like confrontation. So, if I'm not sitting there harassing them, you know, it's, it's made it easier to like some of them. But I spend an awful lot of time just sitting there. I'm like, well, you know, if they haven't done what we're doing next, well, then I'm just going to keep sitting here. And I'll just keep sitting and I'll just keep sitting. And I've done a lot of sitting over the past two weeks in class. But, you know, but to try to, you know, disengage from that. And that's really not my character. Um, but it's not worth it. And it's it's just not, it's not moving anything forward. I'm not saying there are zero sarcastic comments that have come out of my mouth, but it's it's definitely been minimized and just trying to roll with it for what it is, you know, has brought some some easier relations and and helped me feel less bad about myself. Because when you know when I am you know pushing them and and can and can be sarcastic at times. I mean it does make me feel bad about myself and it's it's not a it's not a pleasant way to be. Um 
so luckily I'm, I'm excited about that there has been a lot less of that and I've just got to stay on motto and wind this chapter up as, as peaceably as I possibly can and be grateful for the fact this job has been very easy and been very low stress and I'm extremely grateful for that. Okay, moving on to what I'm puzzled by. This one is a tough nut to crack. Okay, let's talk about the word hardworking. And I would like to examine what does the word hardworking actually mean? So maybe there's a student who, you know, stays up all night or works on a project, you know, 10 hours or something, something, something. But it's the day before it's due. And someone could say, oh, they're so hardworking. Look, they've worked on this project. They stayed up all night working on this project. Well, is that hardworking? Or is that the consequences of procrastination? I don't know that trying to take what was supposed to be done throughout a semester and squeezing it in on two evenings, I'm just not, that's not my definition of hardworking. Similarly, Let's say someone, you know, spends hours and hours pouring over a project. We say, oh, they're, that's hard working. They spent a lot of time on this. Well, was it a project that was designed to take hours and hours? Or is it something, if you would have just got the lead out, that you could have completed in an hour, but you don't have any prioritizing skills, and you're paralyzed by fear to make a mistake, and you enjoy sitting and staring into space, and you say that that's your planning and thinking time, I don't know. I mean, taking five hours to complete something that should take an hour, that's not really my definition of hardworking. Um, you know, say you have a job where you have to work six days a week, which is very common here, six days a week, and maybe you work 12-hour shifts. Okay, that's a lot of hours. And I'm sorry, and I, I, don't, I don't want that for people. I don't want people to have to be confined that long. But even if it's not that long, whatever it is. I mean, maybe it's Monday to Friday, you know, 8 to 5. Oh, they work so many hours, so many hours. They're at work so many hours. Well, what's the job? Because there's a lot of jobs that involve being at work a lot of hours, but the actual job is sitting there playing on your phone or sitting in an office drinking tea. Um, so, yeah, what, what is the work? And again, like I said, I, don't, I, don't, I want people to have peaceable work-life balances and not have to be chained to a desk, even if they're not actually doing anything. But let's not confuse that with that they're working hard. There's a lot of jobs where people are sitting hard and playing on their phone hard and looking at Instagram hard and, and whatever any number of things you can fill in the blank for that. So, yeah, I think that word gets thrown around 
But I think I have a different definition of it. So, you can imagine what that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, and along those lines, I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but like, what's the definition of good teaching? I think a lot of people have the definition of good teaching that you've spent a lot of time preparing a beautiful PowerPoint. And you can stand at the front of the room and you can read your slides to people. And that's good teaching. No, that's not my definition of good teaching. I don't make PowerPoints. And anything I put together somewhere, I sling it together. Why? Because aesthetics does not matter. Um, as long as the content is there and in a readable fashion. Now, if I'm putting on a presentation somewhere, I might put that in a PowerPoint. But just for day-to-day -day teaching, mm, pretty, that would be pretty rare. I'm not putting my time on that. Um, oof, I'm trying not to give away who it is. Um, someone I know, you know, put together these just elaborate, immaculate... PowerPoints for the first couple days of a class in which the materials were already online on the online learning platform. So why did that need to be teased out into another document so it looks like that this person worked hard? Because they made beautiful PowerPoints. And that's not my definition of good teaching. That's not my definition of working hard. That would be my definition of wasting time on something superfluous rather than something substantive that's actually going to generate gaining of knowledge. My definition of good teaching is, is the teacher prepared with meaningful activities for the students to do? The students need to do something. They need a task that is at their appropriate developmental level that is appropriately scaffold to increase knowledge and skills on unfamiliar topics. And the teacher is facilitating those activities that doesn't have anything to do with standing at the front of the room and looking cute. It's the planning. It's the planning meaningful activities that allow for approximation, social interaction, opportunities for feedback, learning from our peers, blending reading, writing, speaking, and listening and viewing. I could go on and on and on. So I just think a lot of words have ambiguous meanings and probably has a big cultural base what those definitions are, what they mean in different cultures. So I could go on and on and on, but that's the topic I thought I would explore today. How long do I plan to stay? Ah! I had hoped to have some good news by this point. I'm still optimistic I'm going to have some good news, but it remains to be seen. Um, my agreement ends with the hotel um, like the last week of May, first week of June. The hotel has gotten quite busy. There's a huge tour group here right now of 20 people that has the hotel full. Um, it was full last weekend also. Um, but, you know, they, they, they seem keen to honor our agreement to get me through this semester. But um, 
It's going to be a sad, sad day to pack up this hotel room and move on. It's just been such a such a good arrangement. That's not to say it's always perfect. It certainly can lack an element of privacy at times. But nevertheless, the, the sense of community here has been very, very good for me. And I love the location. So, uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, don't have an answer yet on how long to, how long do I plan to stay, except for this incarnation of Uzbekistan will be closing out the last week of May. So that's uh, about six or seven weeks, six or seven weeks more. So lots of good concerts coming up, lots of good planning for the summer that's been in place. Got lots of good things on tap that I am, that I am very excited about. Whoever you are, wherever you're listening, I'm glad you're listening. If you're walking your dog in the central Piedmont, I appreciate you. Uh, And anybody else around the world who is finding this interesting to learn about the fair city of Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Thank you for listening.